Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in, Patrick Anderson. Happy Mother's Day to you. How are you doing today? Thank you. You bet. That means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Good day today. Nice weather. Yes. A lot of, yeah. Perfect of weather to stay on. inside and record a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Perfect weather to stay inside in general. I mean, based off of all the stuff going on, it's a fair point. That is a fair point. Um, yeah, man, I, I feel like how many podcasts is this during this whole? Uh, I think podcast number three, right? That sounds about right. We do these once every two weeks or so, uh, so that yeah. sounds about right. This is our third or fourth at this point. Um, you know, it the pandemic can you know, stop me from doing a lot of things, but it can't stop me from yeah. listening to a lot of music and talking about said music. Um, yeah, that's one benefit of this, I, I guess, the the medium that we decided to do. We've been, we've been sheltering in place and doing podcasts for a while. So. <laughs> right, except for one podcast. Um, shout out to the Gorillas Humans review. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of that one, we always do our podcasts remote from what each a, other what a what a hilarious one to be uh, yeah, <laughs> the only in-person podcast we've done <laughs> uh, an album that neither of us liked uh, <laughs> glad we could uh you know have our live podcast be such a special occasion um mm-hmm. today we're talking about four albums yet again uh we'll be talking about the latest records from drake car seat headrest rena sawayama and laura marling it's up to you, Patrick, to determine the order in which we discuss these yes. records. Um, as always, I entrust you with this responsibility. So, yeah, big l- deal. Let's get into it. Uh, where do you want to start? All right, we're going to do this in a fashion that I think is appropriate. Hmm. Okay. Alphabetical order. <laughs> so, we're going to go first with car seat headrest okay of course yes yes thank you because it took me a second to be like alphabetical order <laughs> no, i got it i got it yeah <laughs> so. you don't need to worry about that whole alphabet thing i got it for you right it's like a sobriety test i gotta figure it out um <laughs> okay let's do it uh car seat headrest with the album making a door less open uh, car seat headrest is an indie rock band led by will toledo I'm not familiar with much of their early Bandcamp work, um, but I adored, adored Teens of Denial, uh, which was and still is my favorite album of 2016, my number one album for that year. Um, I believe you like that record as well. We both loved Mm -hmm. the 2018 remake of their album Twin Fantasy. Um, Making a Door Less Open is the band's 12th studio album. Uh, it marks a new stylistic direction for the band. Uh, it currently sits at a 76 out of 100 on Metacritic. Patrick, what did you think of this new direction for Car Seat Headrest? Um, I really want to like it more mm. than I do. Mm. Um, and I And I think that I do genuinely like a lot of aspects to this album, but... Um, it's just not quite fleshed out enough to really make an impact. 
but I really like the ambition and the just commitment to this new style that they decided to go with. So I think I like the decision, um, like the, you know what I mean? I think I like the, the decision to go in a new direction more than I like the actual results on, uh, for the most part. I think that there's some really good moments on here and even a couple of, uh, tracks that I think are pretty great, but, um, there's also a lot of kind of just average feeling uh, instrumental and lyrical and vocal moments that happen on here that I, you know, didn't quite expect. Um, and one particular stinker <laughs> in the form of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it just sucks. Um, <laughs> But yeah, overall, I mean, like this album, I, it's been pretty fascinating. It's, um, I, I don't like Hollywood. That's like the lowest point I have on it. And then like, um, there's like tracks like There Must Be More Blood um, that I really like and probably would be around the high point that are like him remix. Mm. Um so and then there's a lot in between so it's kind of a it's kind of a a wave of of up and down on how i'm feeling about it which makes it for an interesting listen at least yeah i think i'm generally in agreement with you i'm this is a frustrating album uh to me yeah because you know i think this record tries to be interesting and it often is but i think it's I don't know. It, it's a little bit try hard. Um, to yeah, that's it. a very good way to put it. So it's, you know, it's it's ambitious, but as you mentioned, it's not fully fleshed, and a couple of times it seems half baked. Um, so the record seems more interesting than it actually is, um, and I agree with you in terms of the consistency as well. So not only is this record inconsistent to me in terms of the sound and the style. Uh, but also in terms of the quality. I, too, think that mm-hmm. there are clear standout tracks. Um, I agree on a, There Must Be More Than Blood. That might be my favorite song on the entire record. Um, I like both of the Deadlines tracks a lot. Um, yeah. But there are some, you know, <laughs> you mentioned Hollywood. Uh, I didn't care for the hymn remix myself. Uh, oh, okay. Can't Cool Me Down is fine. What's With You Lately is kind of unnecessary. Famous is a bit of a messy closer. So it, yeah. it's a bit, like you mentioned, it's up and down, up and down, and uh, it's not very cohesive, but there are a lot of good moments. Um, so ultimately, I, I think I like this record, but it, I'm mostly yeah. on the fence. Yeah, I think the my... Uh appreciation for this record like what what i have for it really just comes from the fact that uh it's like the moments that are interesting are that much they're that like charismatic and charming and um you know like they're so committed to this idea that it makes me want to go back and i don't know give the other moments a chance and i i think that that's you know there's something to be said about that you know, if you've committed so well to a uh, to an idea, 
well, I, I wouldn't say they committed well, but mm-hmm. they committed fully to this idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it can make even the bad tracks, like, it can make them, uh, you, you can see where they're coming from, and that makes them a little more interesting than just than it just being, like, you know, something that they just did just as filler. Because even, like, like, Hollywood, I think, is a stupid song. <laughs> I really think it's just so cringy and, like, it's kind of laughable um and i just i'm just going to use that as like the the water the low watermark here um but i uh i think that it still like makes sense in conjunction with the rest of the album and so like that keeps me appreciating the overall product a little more than i would on something that's like this track is like fine, but it has no purpose being here. You know what I mean? So it's like this one has been kind of a hard one to to do because I think overall I'm not like like even my favorite tracks I think are really good, but I'm not blown away by it. But it's just kind of um, like overall I'm more fascinated with the entire outcome than I am the individual parts of it. I agree. I agree. And um, yeah, I guess the way I would think about it is that I respect this album more than I particularly enjoy it. Um, right. I always appreciate how ambitious this band is and sonically they weren't always super ambitious, but they were ambitious with their song structures and uh, the idea of remaking an entire beloved album of theirs is pretty ambitious in its own right. This record is ambitious and experimental, and I respect that. I always respect when an artist decides to go in a different direction. Um, even if it's mm-hmm. a little, like, how many times has an indie rock artist decided to go electronic? <laughs> it's it's a bit of a cliche yeah. at this point. Kind of feels, yeah, kind of feels like, uh, like oh, well, there's nowhere else to go. So <laughs> you just have to go, yeah. Right. I get what you're saying, yeah. But, but I do appreciate that they're trying something different, because even for people like me who, again... Teens in Denial is one of my favorite albums of the last decade. It's tempting to just rehash that same album time and time again, um, but they don't, mm-hmm. and and I appreciate that. And one of my biggest issues with Tame Impala's The Slow Rush was that it didn't... We've been waiting five years, and they didn't deviate much from Currents. It kind of felt like a Currents Part 2, in my opinion. So I do mm-hmm. like that they're trying something different, it has a lot of potential because of that and because this is such a weird direction at times, but it just doesn't always click for me. And that's, that's the frustrating part. Yeah, that's a good point. The potential is um, the key aspect here that I think is fascinating because I don't necessarily love this project, but I think that I love the uh, idea of a project being good in this, uh, in this style. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could totally continue to pursue this direction and come out with an album that I love, like an 8 out of 10 type of album. Right. I could totally see that happening. Um, But here it kind of feels like, I don't want to say like a half effort, but more like they're they're just not quite there in terms of the uh, direction they want to go. I think there's just a little more construction that needs to be done there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'll, I, I'm really interested to see where they go from here. I think that one thing that Will Toledo and you know the rest of Carsey Headrest are 
really good at is just like um, executing to what they want to do to the style that they want to to bring. Um, so I think that like I hope that this means that they're going to move forward in a direction that's like more uh, experimental because I I like the idea of that. I hope that they don't just kind of like go oh it didn't work and then go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I'm saying. I think that Will Toledo is like so good about just being like, oh, I'm just going to do it because this is, you know, how I want to express things that um, it translates OK on this one. And I think it'll I think for the most part, it should translate well, like going into the future. Um, so, yeah, basically, I'm saying I, I, I'm just excited to see where it goes from here. Kind of sad because it's like we're talking about this album and like mostly how I feel about it is like, yeah, I can't wait to see what they do next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's a fair point though. Cause as much I have to complain about this record, I agree that it, this is a very interesting, exciting record in many ways. And I look forward to whatever they do next as <laughs> yeah. i always do it's like better luck next time kind of right <laughs> right yeah and, and and that's a shame because i feel like i'm underselling with my tone perhaps just how great i love or how much pardon me that i love songs like there must be more than blood which is like this yeah. epic dreamy slow burner uh with great vocal harmonies it's pretty entrancing has a lot of progression as well and that's a key thing that i found on a lot of these songs is just the sense of progression in a lot of these instrumentals and structures um like on deadlines thoughtful uh the progression on these songs is often very good and very well done very well constructed as has been mm-hmm. a point in car seat headrest cap for years now um it's just that there's also songs that kind of feel dull uh and lifeless like life worth missing um which is an ironically titled yeah. song life worth missing this song is yeah. missing life <laughs> to it uh in my view um so if you were to just take the top five or six tracks from this what i believe is like an 11 song album i think it would be pretty great but i can't just consider the songs that i really like that's the issue yeah yeah in a, in a cohesive way it doesn't doesn't really work um doesn't. that well i agree with you on that yeah because um it, there's a three song stretch uh hollywood which i think pitchfork compared to beverly hills by weezer so that kind of gives you an idea of what that's like <laughs> <laughs> the, that's pretty good the next song is him remix which is the most experimental moment on the record it's this sort of yeah. warped vocal and i like this yeah, and you liked it, and I don't, but it's a song that I respect. At least it's trying something different. And then the song mm-hmm. after that is Martin, which I thought was a pretty refreshing break from the experimentation mm-hmm. overall. Um, mostly guitars, acoustic sounds. Those three songs, I don't think that's a very cohesive stretch, in my opinion. And then it's back to Deadlines, Thoughtful, more of the electronic progression. Um, yeah. So I, I I think there is something uh, with the cohesion on this album that I'm just not feeling. Yeah, I, I mean, like I don't think it it it's not uh, it's not overly clunky either. Right. Um. So it's it's not like in a way that does it make any sense. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, I kind of get what you're trying to do here, but like 
I don't know. There's just some, there's a key part that's missing and it, and it shows itself in almost all aspects of this album. There's just one aspect of, of the cohesion that's like not quite there. The overall concept is not quite there. The instrumental commitment is like, oh, it's so close. You know, like, it's just like there's a key ingredient that's not quite there. And um, I'm not really totally sure what it is. I think that maybe it's literally just, you know, they may have needed more time to kind of just sit with this for a little longer and really think about what kind of like direction they wanted to pull. Um, but I think overall they uh, did a decent job of like, well, I was going to say breaking the door down, but making a door less open. <laughs> <instead of> a... <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? And, and just kind of like, they kind of bulldozed their way into this new direction. Um, and I say new direction and it's like, I think for longtime car seat headrest fans, they don't see it as a new direction because they've done this on like how to leave town. Right. Um, which I barely listened to. Um, so for me, it's a pretty much a new direction, but, um, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought. You get right, what I'm but, saying. Yeah, and, and I wanted to touch on that. As I mentioned in the intro, I'm not familiar with much of their earlier work. Um, so it is an important thing to keep in mind from my perspective that this is new, entirely new for me, a fan who has started listening since Teens of Denial. Um, but right. I can't fully say whether this is entirely new or entirely unexpected if you have the perspective of a fan who knows all of their works front to back, love them, all of that. Um, so that is an important uh, caveat to my opinion here. Um, is there anything else you wanted to dig in, uh, dig into with these songs specifically? Oh, real quick, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say on Martin because yes. you brought that up. I like how it's titled Martin, and then like the references that Will Toledo makes all through the song are like to this guy Justin. <laughs> I think that that was like <laughs> kind of like a. <laughs> Like, I'm assuming that was intentional and kind of like a tongue-in-cheek, like, you know, way of titling it. I, but I, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, you never um, know. One, and one, one thing really quick, like, this doesn't really have anything to do with, uh, with the, the actual song. Um, but on uh, which track? I think Famous. Um, where he's like, matter, does it matter? Like, things like that. Um, and can, no one can see, uh, like he's like saying like lyrics like that, uh, on genius, somebody tried to annotate this and say, this song is about how Will secretly bought a dog because his parents don't like dogs and he's hiding in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was like the funniest, like <laughs> the funniest way of saying <laughs> Of, of like interpreting that. <laughs> so I don't know. I just wanted to point, point it, that one out. It, I hope Will Toledo or whoever just verifies that is true just for, <laughs> just for the heck. <laughs> like, yeah, I bought a dog. I'm scared my parents are going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the yeah. heck? I love anyway, it. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, but other specifics mm-hmm. that are actually like serious specifics and not stupid genius sanitations. <laughs> um, Tim remix I wanted uh, to mention is I think it's a, a great an example of uh, 
a really well executed version of what they were trying to go for um, with this style. Um, Cause it's basically like um, about like a panic attack. Mm. Um, and I think sounds that, like, like it. the way that, yeah, exactly. The way the instrumental builds the, the kind of desperation in Will's voice, this repeating feel it in my heart, feel it in my heart, like things like that. I thought it was great. Um, I thought the aesthetic of it was a really good, um, or really captured just this, these anxious, like dread, uh, dread filled feelings. Um, and I thought that the way that things build up and just keep on feeling like overwhelming in it, I thought it was excellent. So, um, yeah, I wish I could have seen more of that throughout the album because whenever that came on, I was like, oh, okay. Like, so they do know what they're doing with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't really capture, didn't really capture it to that same extent for me until there must be more than blood. Hmm. Um, and I thought deadlines, both of them were good. Um, but I also kind of was like, well, this is kind of a callback to just old car seat or not old car seat head rest, but for what you and I are used right. to. I, I would agree on a like, deadlines hostile. I thought deadlines thoughtful was pretty progressive for the band. Yeah. Um, deadlines hostile. I agree. It's the most, I would say the most traditional rock song on this entire record. Um, Right. Or at least some elements of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, you know, I, that's fine. Like in its own right, it's a, it's a good song, but, um, I was kind of like, it, it's, it's funny that one of the better songs on here is something that's not as in the style that you're going for overall. Yeah. So. And, and, and that's why, you know, I, I'm pleased with this album because a lot of my favorite tracks are, in different directions. Like I do like the deadlines hostile as much right. as I like the deadlines thoughtful. I like Martin as much as I like there must be more than blood. Like th- these are different styles, but they're, they're still working. So it's not just, Oh, I only like the songs that sound like 2016 car seat headrest. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say, I guess it's kind of a wrap up. Am I disappointed by this album as a fan? Uh, kinda, but at the same time, I think I would have been more disappointed if they had just tried to redo the same sound they had always been doing that they've done. I mean, this is their 12th album. Um, I appreciate the experimentation and the, the guts to go in a new direction, the risk taking the ambition. Um, but overall it's, it's still not quite there. I, I don't think the execution is consistent throughout um, as much as I like the execution on a few songs here. Uh, so a six out of 10 for me. Mm, solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like we're, we're pretty much on the same page. Our, our, uh, favorite tracks and like our moments that we both like are a little different mm-hmm. from, from each other. But overall, I think we're on the same page. It's, I'm excited to see where they go from here. Hopefully they um, kind of, you know, put a little more thought into the 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 next project they decide to do if they decide to go in this direction. Um, because there's a lot of potential, like we said, in this sound. Um, some of these tracks are fantastic. Well... I don't know, that's maybe a little over. <laughs> some of these tracks are very solid 
Um, but then a lot of them are just okay to not so good. Um, so really, I mean, I mean, that's all I really have to add on. It's just, you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how the overall feeling on this. So I'm a, I'm a six out of 10 on this as well. Okay. Six out of 10 for both of us averages out to a six out of 10. Very convenient. Um, and I agree. Like even the songs that I, God, well, we're getting to that. Even the songs that I love on the car seat headrest, I don't like them nearly as much as I like drunk drivers or drugs with friends, bodies, uh, beach life and death, you know, none of that. So, uh, I agree with you on that. Yeah. It's hard to, like, I'm, I'm usually don't like to, I don't know. I say I don't like to compare, but then I always end up comparing. <laughs> so, yeah, you, but you can't help you can't help but compare because it's like even the great tracks on here that are there must be more than blood and um, like yeah, comparing it to like bodies is mm-hmm. like I mean you know it's not even a contest really. <laughs> right. Um, all right. Let's let's move on to uh, as you alluded to drake i was getting prepped yeah well we need to for this one um so drake dark lane demo tapes uh drake is a former actor known for his work on the teen drama degrassi the next generation uh dark lane demo tapes is his latest mixtape currently sits at a metacritic of 60 out of 100 uh what did you think (laughs) why did we why did we need this <laughs> Why was this necessary? It's uh, getting to the point where like Drake drops a surprise, quote unquote, surprise mixtape, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like nobody cares because right. <laughs> nobody asked for it. They they end up being shitty anyway, and this is like a prime example of it. So like, what's the point? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I think I think this is his worst release yet. Uh, I think it's boring. I think it's uninspired. I think it's half-assed. It's nothing new for him. It's underwritten. It makes me fall asleep. Um, a, a, it's so lame. A few of the songs are listenable and okay. I will say that. Um, and as always with Drake, there is some ironic enjoyment, some slight meme potential with the album. Oh, yes. Um, and I will say... I actually thought I was going to like this because the first couple of songs on here set me up and um, they are probably my two favorite songs on the record or two of them. Uh, And this is two songs on a 14 song record. By the time we get to track three, Chicago Freestyle, I mean, the quality just starts to quickly descend (laughs) from there. I mean, track four is the unnecessary and just dreadful Chris Brown feature. Yeah. to see slide at track five, you know, I think we disagree on the production. I find I don't care for the production on that song, but uh, oh, yeah. Well, okay, I don't want to say I don't. It's okay, I guess. Um, but I'm not like super enthused sure. about it. And and then there's just very few highlights from then on. Um, gosh, and I I hate it because the yeah. album set me up to make me think I was going to like it, and then it just. 11 12 straight yeah. tracks of just blah so yeah <sighs> yeah i mean <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's i mean this one's like it's hard to even talk about because mm-hmm. it's just like, like across the board 
we're getting the same we're getting the same level of quality for the most part across the board it never goes above this threshold of like okay um and it dips from there just into just like terrible to Mm -hmm. just bad and it just kind of just goes up and down into and never gets past this like five out of ten song Mm -hmm. mark so it's hard this one's harder to talk about because uh because of that just like at least it's very consistent (laughs) right yeah this is Um, opposite to the car seat headrest album in a lot of ways it's consistent sonically to a fault it's (laughs) <laughs> not ambitious it's not experimental or inspired um yeah yeah but i can't even say that i'm like upset about that no because i i totally expected this i i mean last one that we had was scorpion which we both thought was terrible yeah pretty bad and i you know and i looked at the track list for that um recently because i was like oh yeah what was what was even on that and i was i couldn't remember the majority because there's so many tracks on that album um so i wasn't expecting much but it's just i think that's the 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 biggest thing is like i'm like why even do this how desperate for attention is drake at this point like he's drake how desperate is he that he has dropped something like this Mm mm-hmm that has nothing to offer. Um, he doesn't you know, need the money. Like, besides a TikTok dance right. and a couple of a couple of meme lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and you know, usually on a Drake record, and I I've liked some Drake records in the past. There's always at least one hit that I actually genuinely mm-hmm. enjoy. Uh, on, yeah. On Scorpion, I thought "Nice for What" was actually a pretty decent hit rap song. I'm not gonna lie. That none of that is on this album. There's, <laughs> there's no song that could be marketed as a hit that I like on this song. The the couple of songs yeah. I do like are clearly not hits. They're deep cut type of tracks. Um, the ones that are going for hit potential, I think, are just flat out fucking terrible. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. No, I I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I would say I think that honestly, Tootsie Slide is like maybe maybe my favorite track, honestly, wow. on on the uh, on this mixtape. And I still don't like it. But <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that the reason why I would say like it's maybe the best. I mean, there's a couple other tracks that are like that are decent. I don't not even. You get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I I think that the reason why Tusi Slide is okay, at least, is because like Drake does a he does okay with like when he commits to just being corny, he does a pretty good job with it, and I think that that's what it captures. And I'm honestly, I was kind of like hoping that he would, if he was going to drop something like this, that he would just do that all the way through. Let's just get memes let's not you know let's not pretend like this isn't anything more than what it is because you know overall it's like he's making uh, he's making all these tracks that have oh terrible lyrics and half-assed production just snooze fests all the way through and he's still pretending like this is like (laughs) 
a masterpiece. Like, oh yeah, this is definitely my new thing. This is the new style I want to be doing. It's like, no, we know what you're doing. You're trying to get Spotify plays because it's been a couple years. Like, and this is the cynic in me, perhaps, but I think he's also trying to hedge this a little bit uh, in the way that he hedged more life by calling it a playlist instead of an album. He's calling this demo tapes. Um, yeah, right. And I think that's a slight Which, hedge where it's like, oh, well, these are just demo tapes. This isn't my best, uh, you know, so. Um, yeah, that's a good point, too. He's like, oh, it's not an album, so don't expect the level of quality of nothing was the same or something. And there are, I mean, you mentioned the lyrics on here. <laughs> there, Okay, so as always, there are some, like, lyrics that our friends yeah. and I will meme and there's ironic enjoyment in them. Some of these lyrics I think are just flat out terrible, uncreative yeah. and cliche. Yeah. Uh, how you going vegan, but Lame. still beefing. Um, <laughs> I bought that girl a shovel cause she gold digging. Are, are you kidding? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. and I, I, I ironically love you believe in angles more than angels. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It, it, okay, it takes some Drake level of success to be able to like to be able to say something like that and not feel like a complete asshole. <laughs> like you, you gotta just be at that level of like I can do whatever I want to, to drop something like that. There's some respect there. I, I yeah, it's it's something. Um, and I, I was hoping that. <laughs> Some of the features would maybe break up some of this monotony. Um, but the features, for the most part, I don't really care for either. Obviously, Chris Brown, I, I'm out on Chris Brown for reasons outside of his music and inside of his music. Yeah. Uh, future, twice. Uh, Young Thug, I like. I always yeah. like Young Thug. Um, he's probably the he had a, Yeah. He, oh, uh, I do like the... The UK rappers, uh, Fivio Foreign and Sosa Greek on the song Demons. I like the energy that they brought. I was hoping for Playboy oh. <laughs> Cardi to help me out, but his verse, his verse on Pain 1993 was uh, annoying. It was... It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was, like... I mean, honestly, I thought it was okay because it was just kind of, like... It brought this kind of, like, mood that was... Um, I don't know. It made sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything special. Like, but uh, honestly, I don't think any of the features bring anything special. I think Young Thug probably had the uh, the best feature on here. But he made it. it it's basically a Young Thug track. That's why it's right. it's basically Young Thug future. Right. And then Drake just kind of comes in. He's like, Yeah, I'm part of the team. <laughs> I'm I'm in this too. And that's I why it's one of the better day. songs on here, in my opinion, is because it doesn't sound yeah. like the other songs exactly. on here. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you mentioned Fivio Foreign and Sosa Greek. Oh, yes. Fivio Foreign's uh, verse, I think, is like just, the, I, I think it, it, it's one of the worst features on here. I, I, I didn't read any of the lyrics, so help me with that. But I, I did like yeah. the energy, at least. It woke me up The slightly. energy is, yeah, that's. <laughs> That's uh, that. That was something that you know, from these UK rappers that Drake collabs with. Like mm -hmm. that's something that I I gen generally find I like is the energy that they bring. But a lot of times I'll look at these lyrics. And I'm like, 
what the hell? <laughs> like, this dude basically, from Vivio Foreign specifically, mm-hmm. from start to finish in this in in this verse, it starts off with him just saying, "Move, get out the way, little bitch. Say the wrong thing, you'll get shot in your face." And so, like, it goes from there into like. I had a great time with this girl. She let me know her face. Oh, like, God. and oh, then God. from there to I'm in the court, like, I'm sorry, your honor. And he literally oh, says, God. That. Like, Oh, man. this is the progression. You can see he just goes into the club. He's like, get out of my way. I'm gonna shoot you in the oh, face. God. Disrespecting women. And then moves from there into like, Oh, I'm sorry, your honor in the court. I'm like, how did, how was this narrative? Like what you wanted to portray yourself as this asshole, who just goes into a club, pushes everybody around, and gets arrested. And yeah, there's. To court. Thank you for that. There, <laughs> I'm out on his verse now, um, as I am out on some of the lyrics Drake says on here that aren't cringy in the way that, like, some of these. I bought that girl a shovel because she gold, gold digging. That's cringy in its own right. But there's some like. Great. There's some Drake lyrics on here where if this is seriously how he acts or thinks, that's like a cause for concern. Um, yeah. So he I, has he has moments like that, you know, inside of his music and outside too. That you know, right. it, it's starting to surface a lot more, and it, it's just like I mean, it's another thing to add on to this. Like, why why are you still a thing mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. It's it's kind of like. It's kind of sad to watch, honestly. I feel like Drake is like trying; he's fighting so hard for uh, his relevance still. Yeah, yeah. And like, people still love Drake, and I think that they will for a long time. And you know, I mean, mm-hmm. "Take Care" and and "Nothing Was the Same." Like, the sound of those are still relevant for today. So it's you know, it's hard to say like, oh, he's you know, he's outdated. He's he's in the past now, but. Man, it's like he is having a hard time staying in the game and he's trying his best to be like I'm still part of the I'm still part of the team. Like I'm still here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. Yeah, no, uh like Tussie Slide is huge, but um this is probably the first time I'm really thinking about like is Drake even the biggest rapper in the game right now? And mm-hmm. you know, I I have no idea and if he is how long is that going to last? Like, I think we're starting to see uh, the decline in Drake's relevance. Um, one other thing yeah. I wanted to bring up, <laughs> I talked about the UK rappers. The final two tracks, Demon and War. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drake goes into this <laughs> this UK <laughs> this UK accent, yeah. and, and it has to be addressed because the the last time we talked about Drake's accent, it was the fake patois stuff on More Life and Views. And the excuse at the time was, oh, well, there's, I mean, there's a Jamaican aspect of Toronto. That's why Drake, when one, he doesn't normally sound like that. <laughs> um, this, where's the connection here? Where, how does Drake get away with doing this UK <laughs> accent? <laughs> yeah he kind of just he kind of just did it and like (laughs) and now it's his thing and it's like why why are people like oh how are people okay with this is what i'm wondering like how are drake fans seeing this i mean it's one thing you know if if 
you know, there's offense being made on like you're appropriating something. Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing outside of the music. But even just specifically from a music standpoint, how are Drake fans like letting this slide? It's <laughs> terrible and it never works. It sounds so lame and it's like it sounds like he's doing an ironic uh, yeah, it, it, he's trying to do like a parody track, like a character. But he's also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's also like, oh, but I actually can do it, right, guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody's telling him, like, dude, stop. <laughs> like, they're just, <laughs> like they're just letting him do his thing, and they're like, yeah, he's paying for everything, so <laughs> just let him do his thing. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why people are like. Yeah, we like this. It it doesn't make any sense to me. It, it it doesn't make sense cohesively either. It's just oh, let's do the two songs where yeah. I'm yeah. doing this British thing <laughs> at the end. It's, well, it's like he got the uh, he got his uh, UK features, and then he was like, oh, that's right, I need to do an accent too. <laughs> you know, like how uh, like white people when they speak to a black person, they kind of like. You know, try to yeah. push their tongue a <laughs> little bit. Try to throw on the... Yeah. Does Drake do that when he talks to UK rappers? <laughs> Does he start pulling out Ting and all of that? Like, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it is. He tries to He's put just, on a uh, face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe maybe that's where it comes from. <laughs> that's really good. I think he's just trying to be genuine, but he's trying to appeal. Uh, just, uh, I don't yeah. know. It's it's something. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a ton oh, more... That- yeah. What? Sorry. What's I that? I was gonna say that the track "War" mm. Um, mm. also has another one of those lines too, oh, where it's just "Man went PC like Dell and Windows." <laughs> <laughs> just, it's the most obvious an, thing to say too. I, I don't know. It, uh, yeah, that's. An, uh, oh man, God. that's some seventh grader like. Yeah. <laughs> writing in notepad type lyrics. Yeah, and, you know, a couple things I, or I guess the last thing I wanted to say before final thoughts is that there is ironic enjoyment to this album, and it's going to get an entire point up in terms of my score because of that. But (laughs) the ironic enjoyment isn't even as ironically enjoyable as it has been on past Drake records. Like, Views has more ironic meme potential, and Scorpion even did. Um, Yeah, honestly, Views views is aged fairly well because of that because it's because it's so bad that it's good it's so it's the room in a way of uh exactly yeah um and not the brie larson room the tommy Wiseau room um yeah great last thing i'll say before i give my score um back when the house that i own now was my home screen i'm trying to show the waves this is no cap Yes. How's it always you and I without the T Y? Three out of ten. <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic. Yeah. I love this album. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh god. In that aspect of of just cringe, it's like a perfect album. <laughs> it's really amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've basically laughed my way through this whole review, and I feel like that's just exactly what yeah, that that's exactly what you should get from this is that it's it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. it's unnecessary, 
and it's completely ridiculous. And in a way, it's just, it's very, it, it is cringy because it's like, dude, why? Like, you're Drake. Yeah. Why do you need to drop, why do you need to drop stuff like this when we know you can just sit for a few years and actually really focus on a project and probably turn out something that's, you know, got a couple of stinkers here and there, but for the most part, pretty good. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before. Um, so this is just like, uh, I don't, I don't get it. Features are lame. The, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, he also got the, the meme, the, he has the meme potential on Chicago freestyle with the, Sampha is no longer my best friend now, Vivian. <laughs> <laughs> that means like, <laughs> the friendship ended with Sampha. Oh, now, uh, Vivian is my best friend. Guy walking with his girlfriend who is Sampha, but he looks back and there's uh, Vivian. You're, right. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Oh. Dude's, dude is a clone. I was yeah. like, oh, not, when I first heard it, I was like, oh. Uh, a cool Sampa feature. <laughs> and then I look and I'm like, wait, what? No. Yeah. Did he change his name? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, it's some designer future stuff. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. Anyway, I'm I'm getting lost in the in the weeds here, but yeah, this album sucks. Um, yeah, it's a uh, you know I'll give it a four out of ten. Wow, it's given me it's given me enough enjoyment out of uh, fair. <laughs> laughing. Two C slide has got enough like meme qualities to it that I'll give it a four. That's fair. That's um, how much. That's how that's how stupid this album is though. That I'm just like yeah whatever. <laughs> My score doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, if you were to consider our score one that matters, uh, it averages to a three and a half out of ten. So take that what you will. Um, I did see on the genius comments someone said this is perfect nighttime drive music. Um, catch me falling asleep at I the wheel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is snooze. I do town. not recommend that. You will. That is a safety hazard. <laughs> Don't do that. Oh, I love it. Um, so I guess. We're moving on because of the alphabetical uh, nature of this ordering. Yeah. We are moving on to a, a far more serious record. Um, this is Song for Our Daughter, the latest from Laura Marling. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Laura Marling is a British folk singer-songwriter. Song for Our Daughter is her seventh studio album. Uh, this is her sixth consecutive album with at least an 80 out of 100 on Metacritic, which I think is quite impressive. Um, yeah. And this new one has her highest Metacritic to date at an 89 out of 100. Patrick, wow, you, yeah. you you suggested that we talk about Song for Our Daughter today. Um, so I imagine you liked it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this album. Um, yeah, I, I think that... I mean, this is the first time that I've really listened to a Laura Marling album also. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, my opinion might be skewed in that way. I don't know. But for what I'm getting on this, I mean, it's fantastic. The songwriting on the on here is like just all the way through is really, really stellar. Um, the instrumentation is really nice. I think that one thing that might be a slight negative to it is that like 
Um, there's not a whole lot of, of differentiation in the album um, from, you know, instrumental to instrumental. So it can feel a little bit uh, like it a little unprogressive in certain ways. But I think that like overall, I mean, it's it's a very concise and thoughtful listen all the way through. Um, and all of the themes on here are really captured very elegantly. Um, her voice is like mm -hmm. enchanting. Mm -hmm. um, I can't get enough listening to it. It's uh, yeah, overall, it's just very, very solid. I really like this. Yeah, I, I like this album as well. I don't think I like it to the extent that you might like it, but I also think that was to be expected. Um, this is a, I mean, how many adjectives can I throw out here? Uh, it's a soft, warm, uh, pleasant record, very gentle and graceful. Uh, mm -hmm. it, but it is a simple record, and that's kind of my, in a, in a way that's good. I guess it's a double-edged sword in a way. My biggest complaint as you mentioned, is kind of this lack of instrumental diversity, maybe, or um, it, in my opinion, uh, I think the instrumentation and the songs themselves can sound a bit too dry and plain, uh, occasionally boring for myself. But mm. my big takeaway that I like about this album are, or I guess takeaways, plural, her vocals are great, uh, both the lead vocals and the occasional vocal harmonies on here. And I really like the concept of the record. Um, yeah. Lyrics are great throughout, but they all kind of have this theme of, and it's appropriate that we're talking about this album on Mother's Day. Um, this is an album about a fictional daughter, uh, in a way. It, and Laura Marling is acting as this mother to this daughter, giving motherly advice uh, to this daughter who represents the younger generation of women. Um, so it's kind of Laura Marling as someone yeah. who has gone through a lot of experiences in her life, um, sharing some wisdom on, uh, you know, coming of age women. It's a very mature record for anyone to make, let alone a 30 year old. Um, I was super mm -hmm. impressed by that. Uh, so there is quite a bit to like about the album. Musically there is, and it's a, it's enough for it to be a big complaint for me, uh, just sonically, there's some, I don't want to call them missteps because it sounds pleasant entirely, but it's just not super engaging, I suppose. Yeah, I think that it can be safe at points. <laughs> right, that, um, that's what I was trying to get at, thank you. A little, a little predictable in, um, like, if you, if you, if I told you, like, oh, it's a folk record, that pretty much like sums it up in certain parts of the album, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not a negative thing because, you know, I mean, there's there's good aspects to that. But I think that I'm in agreement with you. Like sonically, there's some elements to it that are a little too safe for me, and just I, I wish that there was more. Um, but I think just overall the lyrical work and the um, the concept of it and just everything that was executed in the narrative is so well done. And, um, the instrumentation, like I said, is safe, but it is complimentary too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not a, it's not a real negative. It's just kind of something that's there mm -hmm. that, that, that keeps it from being like, uh, breaking through like a, another threshold of, of higher quality. Um, but yeah, 
this album is uh, it's it's fascinating to me. Mm. Um, I think that it has a lot of traditional elements to it that are also um, really brought out to fruition by her songwriting, which is something that's really hard to do, especially now because folk music is like it's so dated. Like when yeah. I when I listen to like a Big Thief record or um, even like listening to like like those older uh, Fleet Foxes projects or something like that. Mm. It's crazy how, how like dated um, they can sound because, you know, music has just evolved so rapidly past uh, the, the days of folk. Um, so for somebody to put out a folk album, which this is definitely a folk album. Like yeah. people call Sufjan sometimes like, you know, folk album, but this is much, much more a true blue. In that thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so like I was saying for, for it to be like a, a true traditional folk album and be this stunning is uh, that I think that in itself is impressive. Um, and folk lovers might not like me saying that, but that's, you know, kind of how I see it. Yeah. I mean, her sound is very traditional <clears throat> for better or worse. Uh, the peak of, this type of folk music is arguably the 60s with Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a long time ago now. Um, and as you mentioned, the people who are making folk super interesting are people like, I guess, Sufjan Stevens. But um, it's often so far from folk that you kind of have to call it yeah. like chamber folk or, you know, you have to like add this right. element to it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a consistently good record uh you know no song on here is particularly bad in my opinion it's it's just fine for the most part um good mm. to fine occasionally great uh especially the intro track which is probably my favorite song in the entire record alexandra yeah i love that track um a track that drew inspiration i guess from the subject of a leonard cohen song uh alexandra leaving um it's about alexandra about how she is uh, after leaving a perhaps abusive relationship, but certainly a bad one. Um, and it, it's a great tone setter for the record. It, it's a nice like introduction to what we can expect uh, to hear on the album. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't stray too far from that throughout the remainder of the record. That's that's kind of my thing. Yeah, um, I love Alexander. I think that's Just brilliant. Um, yeah, a great a great track too on here. Um, I think the, the following track, um, though might be better than that too, oh, actually, okay. um, held, held down. Um, just cause I, I think that, I mean, I'll, I'm going to say the lyrical work is great and it's pretty much applicable to like all the songs mm -hmm. on here. So I'm just going to like, that's just a blanket statement for me. Um, but instrumentally, I think this is one of the more captivating uh, tracks on here just because it's so like serene and beautiful and those like um, angelic vocals that kind of just that they kind of layer on top, like with the gong gong like that, mm -hmm. that comes in. Um, yeah. Fantastic. I like the melody work on, uh, on the verses. I like the pacing of this track. I think it's just great. Um, and then like from then on, like, only the strong is uh, I think an excellent track too. Um, I think strange girl is uh, one of the 
one of the most um what am i gonna what am i trying to say here i think it captures the concept of the mm-hmm. album um in one of the clearest ways and i think that it's uh it's definitely instrumentally i think towards the back end of uh, of of track that i like on here but mm-hmm. i think lyrically and uh in laura marling's delivery it's one of my favorites so i have kind of a um uh kind of a, a push and pull with huh. that track for sure and, and yeah that that song a uh, uh, strange girl i agree mostly with pretty much what you're saying it's about how you know women are treated by men and by society at large yeah. um and instrumentally it's probably the most upbeat song on the entire record perhaps uh there's some like alternative country elements to it uh yeah so it, it is a, maybe one of the most diverse tracks on here musically um so but yeah it, it didn't particularly grab me as one of the better songs on here sonically but i agree with you with the with the message of the song is uh, yeah good. i think i think with that one it's just it's a little it's more fascinating because it's um the way she delivers it is in a way that is true to this like narrative of like her talking to her daughter, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of at this point, just a, an open concept for whoever wants to listen to it. And it's definitely, you know, it's, I think that it's just meant for any young women that connect with it at all. Um, and I think that just her delivery is like, I understand what you're going through and, you know, here's my support. And I think that it's captured so well on that track. So even though it's like not my favorite instrumentally, I think that her execution of it is just excellent. So, you know, that's, I think that that just, that also is just a summary of the majority of this album for me too. The, even though there's instrumental moments that are, like not so exciting the delivery and the songwriting and just the execution outside of that are so honest and um uh they're either so honest and forthright and in their in their meaning and their uh execution that it makes sense and it like really it's really affecting too um, so uh, that I think that's why this one has been one of the more fascinating albums that I've listened to recently because of that. Because it's like I don't understand why I like this album as much as <laughs> I do, honestly. Because usually, if the album's not great instrumentally, um, but it's great lyrically, I usually take a more negative sense because I feel like I kind of tune more to like aesthetic mm-hmm. for the most part. I do too. But this is just, yeah, but this is just so well executed in uh, vocal delivery and songwriting um, that uh, it's like that becomes what I focus on on this. And I think that there's something to be said about that. Yeah, I think this album is good, quote unquote, where it counts. It's a a substance over style type of record. Um, It nails the fundamentals of songwriting quite well. doesn't stray too far beyond that i I haven't followed npr in a while but i can imagine this is one of npr's favorite records of the year um yeah that's a good point this is right up there (laughs) and that's kind of how i how i view this record um 
one more song I, I kind of wanted to briefly, briefly touch on uh, before we kind of wrap this one up. Um, I really liked the closer on here for you. Um, yeah. Not only do I like, you know, kind of the song aesthetically with the, the, the solid instrumental at the end of the song, uh, I like the humming in the background. Um, and part of the reason we have the humming and the other reason I like this song is because this is a song where the fictional daughter is presented as an infant um, as opposed to an adolescent or a coming-of-age adult. Uh, and I thought that was a very interesting new perspective on the same idea to wrap up the album with. Uh, so mm-hmm. for, for you, I, I quite enjoyed. Yeah, and I uh, I also like on that there's like this um, little bit about her um, – paying homage to Paul McCartney on this too. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, because she was like a, she was a Lennon fanatic and then, uh, and, and basically to the point where she was like, Oh, Paul McCartney, you know, cause it's the classic, like, Oh, if you love Lennon, then you don't like Paul McCartney, mm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. just that, that disparity there. Um, but then she heard like this amazing, was it, uh, Jenny Wren, I think. Right. Yeah, I, I saw um, that too uh, on a on Genius, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then she was like awakened. I don't know. I I like that. I think that that's just a cool. Um, I like those those kind of things, like how she did with uh, the opening track to Leonard Cohen. I like the um, ideas of paying homage to other songwriters and executing it in a way that's very much yourself. But you know, it, it's it's a really cool thing to see. And I think that songwriters are like some, they're, they're like the best at doing stuff like that. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. Um, I'll just kind of wrap up my end here. If there's more you'd like to say, feel free. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess there isn't too much more to, to say on my end. Uh, this is a pretty straightforward album. Uh, the appeal is pretty apparent. Um, it's nothing too exciting from a, uh, I guess, a strictly musical perspective, but there is quite a bit to enjoy about the album. Simplicity isn't necessarily negative, or at least all the time. Um, it's a very pleasant, it's very lovely, very graceful, um, a very calming record to listen to. Her vocals are great. Uh, the vocal harmonies are great. The lead vocals are great. There are some beautiful songs on here, uh, especially including a track we haven't mentioned yet, the title track, uh, of which there is a mm. Song Exploder podcast that just released about this song. Um, pretty interesting listen there. I would recommend that. Um, overall, though, I don't like it as much as the masses, quote-unquote, seem to enjoy this one, um, though this is very clearly a solid effort. Uh, so I'm I'm giving it a seven. Nice. Yeah. Still a very uh, yeah. A, Still a, very a positive score. score. Yeah. yeah. Positive score. I only have one complaint really, but that complaint is big enough to kind of dock it a decent amount. Yeah. Well, and I think that your complaint is similar to me. I just think that I don't feel it as maybe as much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think we're on the same page though. The simplicity of the instrumentation for me is the only thing that really leaves me wanting more because the songwriting is so just like 
tight and concise and effective and her vocal delivery and um yeah her vocal delivery is just excellent all the way through um the chorus work is great the, the melodies are are really nice um it's really just the mostly just the backing instrumentation um that kind of leaves a little to be desired i mean there's some elements of this album that are genuinely really gorgeous instrumentally. Um, but it doesn't really ever reach past that. And it's, uh, in, in fact, it, it kind of goes into a, like, I think anybody could have, could have done this territory instrumentally. Um, but the thing that gets me past that is just, really how effective the songwriting is on here. Um, I mean, we talked about um, Fiona Apple on our last podcast and how that's like some of the best songwriting that we've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. I think this is like, this also goes toe to toe with that. Um, I think the, the symbolism is amazing. The, the religious imagery and the existential questioning and the, um, social messages on here are really captured in such a way that's that's like uh, it's very personal and also uh, very open and open for interpretation um, but it's also very forward in its concept and uh, in uh, what am I trying to say it's very much like she she has a clear message that she's trying to get out to just in a general sense to young women, but it's coming from a real intrinsic place and it's definitely captured um, all the way through the album in that. Um, and I, I think that just the way that she's done that paired with the decent instrumentation um, amplifies it and it just makes it that much better. I mean, in context, it makes it just like, a great like a, a track that would normally be like eh, it makes it like oh this is awesome um so that's how good of a songwriter she is mm. um other than that there's not really much else that i have to say so i wish that there may have there might have been more instrumentally but damn overall great job so uh i'm at a very very solid eight out of ten on this very nice very nice our first uh, album in love territory uh, on this podcast. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> well, we just came off of Drake, too. So. No, it's, I mean, this is a better, you know, as quote-unquote boring as I find this album sometimes, it's not nearly as quote-unquote boring as the Drake record, I will say that. Um, God, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's an average of seven and a half for us. Very solid recommendation from us uh, and from others. Uh, everyone else loves this album even more than we do, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, so let's move on to the final record that we're talking about today, uh, Sawayama, the partially mm -hmm. self-titled record from Rina Sawayama. So... Uh, Rina Sawayama is a Japanese-British singer-songwriter. Sawayama is her debut studio album. I loved her EP titled Rina back in 2017. So we got Rina, then we got Sawayama. Um, so I was excited to hear this release, especially after seeing that it has a 90 on Metacritic. Um, 
What did you think about this debut record? I was impressed. Nice. Um, I will say I'm not as high on it as a 90 percent on Metacritic would suggest, but I was definitely impressed. I, uh, I, I think that the, her, her style is a clear callback at times to like the early aughts of Brittany and, uh, Christina Aguilera mm-hmm. and things like that, which is really cool. Um, but I, I think that like the way that she captures it is, um, very interesting because like i i didn't imagine that style being uh being like translatable to today without having too much of like nostalgia glasses needing to be put on this is very fresh take on that era um and it doesn't even like it, it doesn't even really permeate all the way through the album. Like there's plenty of tracks on here that are like paradise and has nothing mm-hmm. to do with the early aughts. Um, in, in the, the early aughts era of pop music. Um, and it's, a, it's, I think that's a really fun track too, but, uh, yeah, overall, I think that it's a very interesting that she can make that sound fresh on at all, you know? Yeah, uh, it was very strategic of you to bury this one to the very end um, because I could talk about this album for an entire podcast, I think. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm obsessed with this album. I really am. Um, nice. So, and, and it's not just, as you mentioned, uh, and this has been the case with Rina Sawayaba in the past, uh, much of her vocals and her style in general does recall Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Um, here, she's also including other nostalgic songs or nostalgic styles, perhaps, uh, from the same era, like uh, Evanescence or the pop rock of the early aughts or some new metal, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, I, you know, even some nostalgic sounds that predate the aughts, like uh, on the song Love Me For Me, which includes a little bit of New Jack Swing or Excess, which has this sort of latin guitar uh sound that was popular in music for a very short time uh in my youth um it, you know it, it's worth mentioning too this isn't just i mean i guess it's it's arena sawayama record but clarence clarity adds a lot of color to this album uh in detail and maximalism uh with his production uh he handled mm-hmm. the production on her ep as well um I am a sucker for maximalist pop, and you know this, and this album is brilliant, <laughs> I think, much of the time in that aspect, with just as much as is going on in the instrumentation and the way Rena is able to blend with that, um, regardless of what style they're going for on any particular track, I think she pretty much nails all of it. There are a couple tracks that I don't think go as well, uh, most notably the song Who's Gonna Save You Now, uh, which is this sort of yeah. arena pop, arena rock type of record, uh, or song, rather. Um, it's not terrible, per se. It's just not really my thing. Um, there are so many songs on here that I just absolutely adore, though. These are some of my favorite songs of the year. Um, STFU, I mean, just a great... It's weird how much I like the song, given that the instrumentation immediately reminded me of uh, the saliva song "Click Click Boom," <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, yep, and exactly. and I, I love this song. Uh, like 
she's able to take this influence, make it her own, modernize it, and blend it with other elements in ways that often sound peaceful. But yeah, here's the other thing with this album in general. And sorry, I'm going on this rant, but I'll let you talk in a minute. But um, these songs aren't just aesthetically great, in my opinion. There is a lot of worthy content lyrically on this album, even if the individual lyrics themselves aren't the most impressive I've ever heard. Uh, the content yeah. I really like, um, including but not limited to, most notably her identity, uh, her Japanese heritage, um, as well as other type of macro topics, including consumerism and climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I've been going on for a while. You get to talk now. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's a that's a great point. I well, I was excited to hear your thoughts on this too, because I know you've been excited for this one. Yeah, I haven't exactly uh, hidden my opinion from you on this one. But, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the lyrical content. I I I think I agree with you. I like the um, the content. Yeah, like the the overall theme. Um, I like that quite a bit, like overall, but yeah, the lyrics themselves are like very hit and miss, Mm, um, throughout the album. Um, which is fine. I mean, this is a straight up pop record, so it, it doesn't really, I mean, it's not, it's not relying on lyrics like in the same way that the Laura Marling record is. Um, so I'm not, you know, eh, eh, um, it's not a huge thing, but it's something. Um, I think that I do really like uh, a lot of songs on here. The biggest thing for me, I think, towards the back half of this, though, mm. it starts getting a little bit, like, too much. Like, mm-hmm. I think she starts venturing into these, like, very slow, half-thought-out kind of ballads that are, like, like do we really need this like that kind of thing um i like you said the the content is nice and it's like it feels necessary in that way but i think instrumentally it's just kind of like it's not it doesn't feel like there was really anything um really thought out there and i I think that there's a glut of just stuff going Mm -hmm. on through this album and when you get towards the back end, all that stuff just kind of comes crashing down, and uh, it's it gets a little bit much. You know what I mean? Like it's not there's not it's not bad. Like everything's quality on here, but I think that there's too much. And when you when I get towards the back end of the album, I'm like, oh, all right, like I need, I'm I'm done with this now. That's um, fair. I mean, that's not. I mean, yeah. I I agree with that. It can sound perhaps overwhelming or too much um i just happen to gravitate toward a lot of that um subjectively yeah um and, and, and I, uh, yeah go ahead I, well i was gonna say like i i like i really like um aud- the audacity of something like this and just like bringing out the most um i love that idea i just think that it's that, that that that's a tricky thing to do, especially in pop music, because mm. um, she's going all over the place stylistically on this, and I love that, and I think that she does for the most part a good job. But I think that it's a really tricky thing because the way that I feel about this is that like 
towards the back, I'm like, I know that that I didn't feel negatively overall, but I'm just like, you know, I, I'm kind of like exhausted by it, and I'm mm. I'm done by the time uh, Chosen Family comes on. I was gonna say, so a bunch of your you, you when you were talking about second half negatives, um, you were using a lot of adjectives that I think describe Chosen Family, uh, which. If there's anything more predictable on our entire podcast, it's that the schmaltziest and cheesiest song is one that you don't care for, but one that I absolutely love. Um, I, I think Chosen Family is a, I think it's a beautiful song, and it gets to me, and it is very cheesy, and I, I won't undersell that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a song about uh, her members in the LGBTQ community. I, I like that. Um, I love the soaring guitars at the end of the song. Love the vocals. It's a ballad. Uh, you know, it's it's very it's very sugary and saccharine and schmaltzy and everyone yeah. let's go in for a hug. But it it works for me. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I I don't get necessarily that feeling on any other song here. But that's kind of what I like about this album. I get different feelings on different songs. Uh, take uh, Come to Garçon, I guess how, how you pronounce that, like the boys, right? Yeah. Um, that song makes me feel feelings unlike Chosen Family, where I just feel super confident when listening to this song. Um, and maybe that's just because the song says I'm so confident in the chorus, but also because yeah. <laughs> uh, the instrumentation sets up that confidence. It's like this clubby dance track. Uh, I think a couple of people have referenced it or compared it to like a runway, right? Or like a, you know. Um, yeah. And, and so different songs on here make me feel different things. Uh, and I just, I like that about this album. Um, I will say, I guess a slight negative, because I, I love this album, so all my negatives on here are slight. There are a couple songs on here where, um, as much as I love Clarence Clarity's instrumentation throughout the entire record, there are a couple songs where I feel like he's flexing a little too hard and... Uh, the songs become yes. more Clarence Clarity songs than Rina Sawayama songs. And the two songs I'm alluding to here are um, Aka Saka Sad, which I think is a good song, but ultimately the instrumentation distracts me. Um, and yeah. the closer, Snakeskin, which, I mean, Final Fantasy Victory theme aside, <laughs> it, it does get a yep. little like, okay, it seems like we're trying a little too hard with the instrumentation here. You nailed it. Yeah, that's uh, that. That is what I've trying been trying to kind of like say, but like, yeah, you nailed it. Um, yeah, I think that he goes overboard on on uh, quite a few moments on here. Um, but it's also like he goes overboard on like in a good way too. On like you know, STFU right. and excess and. Uh, even like Paradise, and I I love Paradise. And I, I, I love that song like, too. Yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, yeah, he goes like overboard on like tracks like that, but it's in a good way. I think that it's just like yeah, the when the subject matter is what it is on something like Akasaka Sad, yeah. you know, with this like this 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 like questioning of identity, both in a social and uh, cultural and um, in in, a, in those ways and you know there's a lot of very serious subject matter going on here and then you have this like almost clubby just mm. aggressive like uh, sluggish beat going on behind her 
it's kind of like, I don't know, it, it kind of takes the subject matter and kind of is like, it, I don't know, twists it in a, in a way that's not as effective, I think. Yeah, and, that, um, yeah. and that's fair. Um, I will say, and I haven't read the entire interview or anything, so I, I'm not going to try to quote anything. Um, she does explain that the song Snakeskin is partially about her choice to detail these topics and her personal struggles over this like extravagant production and how that might be a yeah. mismatch and justifiably so, but um, something that feels comfortable to her. So I don't want to put words in words in her mouth or anything, but she is aware of this and it's something that I guess is yeah. intentional. Um, yeah. Well, and I figured that that's, you know, what she's going for. And I gen generally like that juxtaposition that contrast mm -hmm. of, you know, very serious subject matter versus like either super sugary instrumentation or um, just does like it's not matching up with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Generally, I like that idea. I just think that it's a it is a hard it's a tricky thing to do because like you're either going to go you're either going to like water down your lyrics or you're going to make it sound that much more fascinating um and i think that she does both on this um i think that there's elements that are like uh like you know this doesn't really like this doesn't really feel like how i think that it was supposed to feel and then there's elements like whoa that this is like excess is a great example of that um of it trying to basically sound like this super clubby like uh yeah just over the top like wealthy pop track but it's like about you know consumerism <laughs> and the dangers of of capitalism basically right right i think that's pretty clever uh, or i thought it was um unfortunately we have to go um so i'll wrap up um mm. I, no surprise to you i'm sure uh, but I love this record. It might be a surprise to you just how much I love this record. It's arguably my album of the year to this point. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, just I could go on and on about how much I love each of these indi individual songs uh, for various reasons. Um, I love just the sonic bliss of Paradise and, and I love Tokyo Love Hotel also for its sonic qualities, but also for... It's a message about non-Japanese people appropriating her culture. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I think there's a lot to like superficially and when you, you know, dig a little deeper as well. Um, minor complaints aside, this is, this record is fun as hell. It's super catchy. Every chorus is great and memorable. Um, I've been listening to this all the time when I've been going on walks and I can keep going, but because we are running out of time, I'll just leave it at it's this record's fucking phenomenal, I think, especially for a debut, uh, nine out of 10. Hell yeah. yeah. Nice. I love this album. Um, so I think that we, this one, uh, we differ the most on out mm. of all the albums that we talked about. Okay. Um, but that's, that's not in a super negative way. It's not like I'm feeling Drake levels on this, <laughs> um, <laughs> which would be very shocking. Um, but I, it's just that you are that high on this album. Yes. Uh, I think that this is really entertaining and like, it's fascinating in a lot of aspects, but there's also 
elements to this that are just that just don't really connect with me um mostly instrumentally i think that like on like from a subject matter standpoint she does a really good job of capturing everything that she wants to talk about and it's very complex because it deals with so much of who she is and um what she yeah what she deals with on a personal level across the board i think that's great lyrics can be you know they're usually fine so it's not too much to complain about there but they're never like fantastic they're usually just pretty good and the subject matter is great instrumentally it's hit or miss but when it hits it hits Mm. um and when it misses it's not bad it's just it doesn't connect as well so that's really all i gotta say it's a solid seven out of ten for me very nice very nice um so that averages to an eight out of ten quick recap before we go uh car seat headrest making a door less open we're at a six out of ten Drake Dark Lane demo tapes were at a three and a half out of ten, mostly ironically. Um, yeah. <laughs> Laura Marling song for our daughter were at a seven and a half out of ten, and uh, Rina Sawayama Sawayama uh, were at an eight out of ten. So, um, yeah, great collection of albums here, or I guess, yeah. you know, an interesting collection of yes, precisely, uh, a great collection of albums, not necessarily a collection of great albums here. Um, there is a distinction to be made. Thank you all for listening. Patrick, thank you for joining me. Uh, everyone take care, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your mother's day. Bye-bye.